there's something about going back and telling someone that you did something successfully. There's something about feeling accomplished and feeling that you are good at something. Everyone desires that. Everyone needs that. Everyone desires to have that story that, or at least I think they do. I think everyone has that, that inside of them that wants to feel accomplished about something that they do well. And I think in the medical world of people that become medically needy and need a caregiver, I I think it becomes amplified that they need what I would call a win. They need um, a story. They need something to look back on and something to look forward to other than the next appointment, the next time that they will see the doctor or the next time they will go inpatient, the next time they have to be, you know, taken care of. And I think that goes across all genres of, of age and sex and caregiving degrees of who has to be taken care of and the different degrees that that, that takes shape in. Um, in our case, you know, our, our child hasn't become, mo- you know, unmobile or unable to... Um, function as a, as, um, somewhat of a, a normal average nine-year-old. She still can dress herself. She hasn't lost any of her, um, ability to move or needs a wheelchair or anything like that. She, she did regress in some areas, but, um, but not many. And, and we are extremely thankful for that. But I, I think a lot of that falls back onto our mindset and the mindset that we placed on our child and the fact that we just refuse to bubble live as a lot of people do a, a lot of people lose the the desire once they become a caregiver or or once they become medical and they're giving this heavy load of of something wrong inside of their body they they don't really know what to do with that they don't really know where to go um and so a lot of times they sit they just sit, especially as a person that cares for an older person or a person that cares for someone that is immobile and unable without stress or hardships to, to move on and to go into the regular world. And, you know, when we got, you know, I'll use Bradley's diagnosis story in this, in this episode specifically, because it is one that we pulled on and, and a lot changed through making different choices through what we would consider getting a win or creating a win or letting her have multiple wins in her life because we feel it is needed. Um, you know, I've, I've talked highly a, a lot about Briley's diagnosis, landing her in the hospital for 60 days, you know, in our world, 60 days was a lot uh, to some other people that we know, 60 days is just the beginning of their diagnosis and the beginning of a hospital stay for them because their hospital requires a lot more time. Um, but to, uh, you know, and some people that, that listen to this podcast will think, you know, I never could imagine being in the hospital. Me and Bradley had a running joke when we would see people in the elevator, we would ask, you know, we could tell they were leaving and we would ask them kind of how long they had been there and they would say, you know, two weeks and oh my gosh, I'm so ready to go. And we would just kind of giggle because we had already been there for, you know, over a month and headed into a month and a half by this time without any idea than when we were leaving. And, you know, you try to find things 
to make light of a, of a hard situation. And that was one of the things that, that kind of became something that made us giggle when people would walk out of the hospital. Not that it was funny that we were in the hospital or that anyone was in the hospital, but it was just a running joke that we had kind of created within ourselves to lighten the load a little bit. And, um, you know, in the hospital, there's not a lot of wins. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of things that my seven-year-old was able to look at and go, you know, I won at that, you know, to, to me and to a lot of the nurses and the staff, uh, when you go from not eating for, you know, between eight to 11 days, the day she ate a cheeseburger was a huge win. The day that, you know, she got up out of the bed and, and went to the restroom on her own. That was a, that was a huge day for me that I didn't have to actually get out of the the bed and help her go to the bathroom. She was able, she was strong enough to do that on her own. Those were, those were wins that Briley did not identify as a win, but I did. And, um, and as her mom and as a person that was taking care of her, that was unsure of what was coming, those wins were needed, you know, especially eating like that. That was a huge win in my mind of, her kind of coming back to normal after this very painful colitis issue. And, um, it just showed progress. So that was a win. And, uh, in when Briley went in the hospital, she was, I would say relatively strong. She had walked out of a six year past of gymnastics training weekly, or, you know, sometimes three times a week once she was placed on the gymnastics team. And, Um, in her mind, she was a winner. Things for the most part, thankfully came somewhat easy to Briley. Like I had mentioned before, she was, you know, asked to be on the competitive team very young. And I think in pre-K she knew all of her first grade sight words and she was rewarded and celebrated for those things. So she, you know, apart from medical appointments and all of the times that she had to go to the hospital, she was celebrated and, um, and, thought in high regard for her drive and her ability to, to do things. And she, she felt that she felt as she was a winner and through hospital stays, you know, they tell you get out of the room as much as you can. If she can't stay in the bed, at least go over to the chair by the window, just a change in, you know, location will change the mindset of a child or, or a person in general that is sick and does you know, slowly over time, you will begin to start to lose hope the longer you are in the hospital or the longer you start to lose parts of yourself. And so when we left the hospital, you know, one of the biggest questions is you you don't really know what life after a, a heavy diagnosis looks like, whether it's what we were dealing with or a new MS diagnosis or a new Alzheimer's diagnosis or whatever, you know, that diagnosis is, um, no one really knows what that life personally is going to look like for you. There, there are standard staple things in all diagnosis that you can research and find out, but what your day to day life looks like is relevant to you personally and how you hit what you have going on hard and, and we didn't really know what that looked like. And shortly after Briley got out of the hospital, um, she was in a drive chip and putt competition with her brother and she ended up placing third in chipping and putting. 
And as a essentially non-golfer, that that win really didn't mean much to her, I don't think. She left with a ribbon. One, her brother did not, and so she was very ecstatic. I think that was the biggest part is the win is that her brother did not, who was a pretty decent golfer, and, and she she did, and she was very proud of that, but it wasn't really a win like we saw coming in the future, and um, I remember standing there and watching her in her little straggles of hair that she had left and her very small frame where the clothes that she had no longer fit her and we had to go and buy her new clothes that we had just gotten rid of right before she got sick. We went and had to rebuy her clothes because they just did not fit her small frame body anymore. And I saw her, you know, seal that third place win ribbon. And I remember praying so hard previous to that, that she would get a win and how thankful I was, even though she didn't recognize it, how thankful I was that she, she was able to, to leave with that because she really, really needed it. So fast forward a little bit, uh, about three weeks after she got out of the hospital, her dad and I reluctantly sent her to camp. She was very excited. The hospital that she's a part of offers a camp and, um, I'll be really honest. The only reason that she was allowed to go was because one of her team nurses that had been with us since the beginning was it was a camp nurse and another nurse that spent lots of time with us was actually her cabin nurse. And so not that the camp is not equipped to take care of Briley specifically or any other camper that deals with whatever the diagnosis is that week that they're, but that was my, that was my child. That was the person I had to to care for. And, uh, it was very hard for us to send her at the time seven away for one. She had never been away from us Two, She had just become sick and three, she was going to be gone for a week without us having any contact with her. And so you can imagine how scared we were um, as a child, I went to camp and I, I knew the benefits of camp. And so I was a little bit more eager to let her go than her dad, but we, we decided to let her go. And, um, at the camp, they do things specifically to, to help campers get a win. They do karate. There's a rock wall, a four-story rock wall. There is, um, other things, there's canoeing and other things that they do, um, that would make them feel strong and feel that they are in control of, of the situation that they are in. And, um, because that camp and the hospital recognizes that a win and being successful in something as heavy as in our case and Briley's case is a, a cancer diagnosis that changes everything that you once knew. It is so important that they receive a win or get a win to go back to their family and, and tell. And so through the week, she, she had her week. We got our call that she was doing well. And, um, which is extremely helpful that you get that call and, and you learn that your, your child is functioning and doing well and not having any episodes. And, uh, we went and we picked her up and the first thing out of her mouth was, Oh my gosh, I I climbed the rock wall, you know, at the time we didn't know what that rock wall looked like, but we found out it's a four story rock wall and they, they climb independently. Now you can, now if you can imagine 
she was very small at seven in general because of her heart, but then she lost 25 pounds while she was in the hospital. So she was very, very tiny and very bony and looked very, very sick. And we were ecstatic for her. She came back ecstatic. She came back a winner. She scaled the rock wall with the help of the person at the bottom. But in her mind, she was a winner. In her mind, she mentally overcame her diagnosis of being a cancer patient. You know, I had mentioned before she was very strong when she went into diagnosis. So she had, you know, she had had a lot of wins and she so needed a win after diagnosis. And she got that with that rock wall. And she has now successfully scaled the rock wall with less help, I think more than 10 times. And every time it, it's a success. And every time she feels the same. And every time she comes down, she feels that same feeling of being successful and winning. And so that changed not only Briley's mental diagnosis, it also changed the way that we decided to look at treatment and to look at caregiving for Briley. And, and I hope through this, you will also look at caregiving differently and giving the person that you're care, caregiving the ability, just the ability to win. Um, you know, it is so, so important that everyone is in the land of the living. What, whatever scheme of life that is, whether it is a very small group of people or a large group as we chose to venture into a Taylor Swift concert because our daughter got tickets. Also another scary, scary avenue for a person that has a child with an immune suppressed issue. You know, what if she got sick? What if we ended up in the hospital? What if, what if, what if? There's a thousand what ifs that come with, I'm about ready to take my child out of this hospital and out of, out of this house and the confinement of Lysol everything. But we knew and had to go through our fear to know that her mental state of winning was just as equally important as keeping her well. And so we did that. We took on the life of not living a bubble life, of not living in our home all day long, not letting our child go to school, not letting our child venture into things that she did before. And it has been very successful for us. Now, I'm not saying that that is the life that you can live, that that works for your anxiety level. But if you are able to attempt it, I think that you will see that it is it is a greater reward of the things that they look forward to, that the person that you love and care for will look forward to if they have a class every Tuesday or they're able, you, they know that you're going to go to the park every Monday or, or they once were, you know, I'll use golf because golf is very involved in our life. You know, they used to be a very avid golfer and, and they haven't been to the golf course in months to years that you are just able to take them and push them around that golf course, whether or not they're ever able to swing a golf club again, but they're able to go to that golf course and ride around or, you know, they were very involved in socially in their church. They ran a Bible study or they were the choir director or they just went every Sunday them going to that service or them being involved in that church still, even if you're dealing with something like a dementia disorder, it it's still important that they 
feel what that church felt like, that they still are around people that remember their name, even if they don't remember them. It's so important for a child that was once in, say, gymnastics or baseball or whatever they were involved in, that they still have that grasp of what their life used to be like, even if they're not able to go on that baseball field, even if they're not able to go back on that gymnastics mat, that you find something that puts them back in the land of the living, that gives them a little bit of the life that they used to live. It is so important that everyone gets a win, that everyone has something to look forward to, that everyone feels that they are a winner. And apart from that, when you give that to your the person that you are caring for, your loved one, the person that has your undivided 100% 24-hour care, when you put them in that position, some may be very stressful, like taking them to the grocery store, you know, trying to, you know, rationalize what you need, all you need to buy, but giving them the ability to be out in the public gives you in a different way gives you the time to de-stress if if they go to a class where or they go somewhere that they are able to interact with people and you are able to sit back and watch them just enjoy the time and the things that they are able to be a part of even in small forms even in the form of it being very guarded and safe for them them being able to be there around other people that remember them or are new but able to take on that load from you a little bit, it can be a stress reliever from you, which we all need. We all need that time apart. We all need that time to regroup and breathe and not 100% 24 hours a day take care of them. And it gives them a little bit of normalcy of what their life used to be like, that that them becoming sick did not close the door to the world. It did not close the door to life. It in they still can see the sunshine and they still can see people that care for them. There is a beauty in people that just love to give to people that have had a bad turn in their life and they are out there. You just have to find them. The hard part is finding things that work for your family and it and it's not easy and it doesn't fall in your lap and it's not something that people come knocking at your door offering you an application to say hey come join us and we would love for you to be a part of our world thankfully there have been people in the past that have stated you know created laws and guidelines and and things that work for our world of of medically fragile people and medically fragile children and elderly and um, that give them the ability to be a part of everything pretty much. And, and if it's not in general, in the general sense of the world, there are special leagues and programs that will work for people that need just a little bit of extra care. And, and as a caregiver, a part of their medical care, I also feel when I was taking care of my, when I'm taking care of my child, it is also my job as her caregiver to also take care of her mental state. And so we have been very active in the world of, of different organizations and different things to get us out of the house and to not just be way down under the, the umbrella of having cancer and being in treatment and having a diagnosis heavy as cancer or a heart issue. So my challenge to you especially if you've never done this as a caregiver, is find something once a week or 
twice a month that you take your child or your mom or dad or your husband and relieve the stress of just being at home in a sick environment. Find a place, even if it's hard, even if it's stressful, even if it takes every ounce of everything that you have to get them out and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again as long as they can handle it and it brings them joy and you will see the difference in them you will you will feel the difference in the 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 weight of what you had going on being relieved and I challenge you for that 